Hello and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Ivy. I'm Clonnie. And today we will be talking about flashback chapters 1 through... Uh, chapters 1 through 6. Um, this is our first episode on flashback, which is pretty exciting. Flashback was interesting. I'm... <laughs> On the one hand, I liked it. On the other, I do not envy the people who are going to be doing it in that long, long period. That one, <laughs> those people might sometimes be me. I don't know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Flashback's weird in the way that um, it has a lot of really, really good parts. And then it just has a lot of other parts also, you know? Uh-huh. It has, it has a lot of good parts and it has the healing center section. <laughs> Okay, to be fair, I didn't hate the healing center section. Like, it just was so long. There were definitely, like, interesting character things we got there, but also, like, they didn't move for a solid, like, 200 pages. Yeah, it was extremely long for a section where not much happens. I felt like that was just one, like, one character scene that became, like, 20 character scenes. I'm like, I just, I would like them to be allowed to, like, stand up and stuff, and, like, go do things. It's been a while. They did, like, have that, they did gallivant through the healing center at one point, I think. They did. They... That was actually quite a a nice scene. Yeah, there was that one where they were allowed to go, like, outside, and they ran into Tam. Going outside! Can't relate! Remember outside? Uh, I don't... (laughs) There is no outside in these unprecedented times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the healing center is just gonna be, like, the eternal mood. Yeah. We all complained about the healing center section, then we got our own real-life version of the healing center section. Exactly. Okay, so, yeah, so it starts off right away, very spicy, with, um, Alvar's trial. And my phone auto-corrected Alvar to Algy, so I will now be calling him Algy Backer. <laughs> I, I get that too. Yeah, I've had some special incidents with autocorrect and the, and the key for the Lost City's name, but I think I've gotten Algy before. Wow. <laughs> so when we start out, the backers are not there, and then there are backers. Yeah, so when we start out, it's just... Sophie, Keith, Sander, and Roe in the council place. I don't know. Sophie Foster says, We have too many villains, which is pretty much accurate. Shocking! <laughs> really? Really, Sophie? You think? Too many villains? I will say, this is, um, maybe this or Lodestar, but I feel like maybe this because we've introduced Vesper at this point. But yeah, we have, there are so many villains. There is Fintan, who's kind of irrelevant at this point. Vespera, Lady Gisela, Gethin is still around. Yeah. Roy Ignis. This, no, Brant died at the end of Lowstar, I don't know why. Brant is dead. Roy's still there, Umber's there. Oh yeah, Umber's a new one. Does yeah, count? I think she died. Yeah, she dies at the end of this book, but like right here, she is. She exists. Uh, I feel like there was someone else I was missing. Well, I guess there's Alvar, but he's like kind of out of commission. He's like a fake villain. And then we still don't know what's going on with 
Dame Alina or Counselor Alina or whatever. Yeah. Is she a villain? Who knows? She. I. I don't think she's a villain. I think she's just a jerk. Yeah. I. That. That seems like um, the a reasonable theory. One thing I needed to share after the Vacker showed up, which is like, okay, not to be getting into like shippy stuff, but. By the way, you look awesome, Bianca said, pulling away to admire Sophie's dress. Now I'm wishing I braided my hair or something. Oh, please, you look amazing, Sophie assured her. Like always, it wasn't a lie. Even in a hall full of backers, Bianca managed to shine. I know. And Sophie, every time she sees Bianca, she just, like, has to go into this full-on description of how beautiful Bianca is. And I'm like, hmm. Every hmm, time. Sophie. Yeah, every time Sophie sees Bianca, she's like, and, you know, all elves were beautiful, but Viana was just perfect in every way with her hair and her sparkly aura. <laughs> They're straight up just standing in the middle of Tribunal Hall flirting. Oh, please, you look amazing, like always. I'm like, Sophie. And I love how Fitz is right there. The the one who Sophie actually has a crush on. And Sophie's like, Biana, you look amazing. She does, like, mention Fitz. And she's like, the Sophie was trying not to notice. But, like, she didn't... She, she, was, she didn't, like, hardcore flirt with him the way she does with Biana. Uh, I feel like Shannon didn't expect us to read that as flirting. But I have... But, I mean, it kind of is, though. Like... I am like, uh, uh, Sophie, ma'am? Okay, okay, we should probably talk about, like, relative thi- Like, what? Relevant. God, words. Relevant things instead of just talking about Sophie and Bianca flirting. Because that's just kind of a constant. I mean, this is relevant, but okay. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> it's important to me. I did want to go back to, um, like, right before the backers arrived. Sophie and Keith are talking about Olvar, and, um... Keith is like condemning him pretty hard, which makes sense because Keith really looked up to him, and then Alvar turned out to be kind of weak, and I think that's maybe a reason why Keith doesn't. I I don't know. Anyway, but um, yeah, he's like he's a villain, but he's a really lame villain, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because Keith really looked up to Alvar at the beginning, and I think that a lot of that was because Alvar seemed very cool, right? And Keith is all about, like, individuality, and, um, and I think when he realized that Alvar being evil wasn't about individuality, it was, like, he spent time with them, and I think he realized, like, no, Alvar's just doing what these evil people tell him to do, and I think that decreased the cool factor in his head. So... Yeah, Keith is understandably upset. But then Sophie, interestingly, defends Alvar. Because um, she says, um, like, she's empathetic towards him because his future is being decided by a past he doesn't believe is his. And I just thought that was, like, a great line because it kind of shows how, even if they're not really the same, it's like Sophie um, sees herself in Alvar at this moment where he's lost his memories and he's very confused. Um, and pe- uh, people are telling him that he's this important person and that he's done all these terrible things, but he doesn't know any of that. He just thinks he's normal. And that kind of parallels how Sophie was brought to Lost Cities and everyone's saying, like, you're this really important person, and she just thinks she's a human. I thought that was that was cool. 
That is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the backers appear. Backers. We've we've discussed the flirting. Um, we've discussed the flirting. They talk about Bianca's scars, and that was the one one time when they talked about it, and then it was put away forever. Yeah, I think they talk about it like later later in different books, but. Because I know she, like, eventually stops wearing stuff that covers it up because she's, like, not ashamed of it anymore. Yeah, and that was really, that was cool. <laughs> I love Bianca. Have, have I mentioned that, like, this is a Bianca standing household today? Oh, this is totally a Bianca standing household. Like, every time Bianca does anything or ever appears, like, I just love her more. Yeah. I almost said banana. <laughs> I'm just a Bianca simp. A simple Bianca simp. You simp for banana. (laughs) So then, they have the trial. Basically, it's not a trial. It was kind of a fake trial. And the counselors are like, Okay, actually, we don't have enough information. So we're just gonna not sentence Alvar and then send him to live at your house for six months. Your house being Everglen. That's kind of- I don't know, that's kind of an irresponsible decision by the council, but okay, I guess. That's kind of an irresponsible decision for the council could be the title of the book series. That's true. Keeper of the irresponsible decisions by the council. Yeah. Keeper of the the adults are just not doing their job, honestly. Yeah, that's that's true. Except for Grady and Edeline and Kessler and Julian, those are all great adults. Della, Della's cool. Livy, Elwyn. I'm not just going to keep naming cool adults. Yeah, they actually- they have quite a few cool adults in Cuddle, which I do appreciate. Yeah. I feel like- I feel like it's about 50-50 cool and useless adults. Well, and then sometimes they have evil adults, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) There are three brands of adults. Cool, useless, and evil. The three genders. (laughs) I'm all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And then Fallon and Lucia have a conversation. They do- they do have that conversation. So they're talking about how Everglen has, like, a bunch of secret stuff in it, and, like, Luzia worked with- it used to be Luzia's house. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It used to be Luzia's house, and then she was working with Vespera to create illusions for, like, the lost cities and stuff. But then, Luzia gave the house to Alden- but that's, like, unusual, because usually the elves, the houses, the elves usually move houses when they grow up. Yes. That, yeah. And, yeah, they they kind of set this up like it was supposed to be, like, the secret backer legacy, the, um, the whole Everglen thing, but I don't think it was, right? Because the secret- Yeah, no, it was, like, the- whole thing with the trolls, right? Yeah, it was ended up being the thing with the trolls. Um, I don't know. Everything that's happened in any book is just sort of a fog for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Did Shannon just, like, not know what the real Vacker legacy was going to be at, the, at that point and kind of wanted to set it up more open-ended? Or is it that, like, even the Vackers themselves, a lot of them don't know what the Vacker legacy is? Because that would be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting, I agree. And we know that Fitz and Bianca don't know about it. Um, And, like, I would guess probably Bella doesn't know about it either. Oh, Fallon. I did, I did 
noticed some weird things about Fallon that I thought were cool and interesting. Yeah, Fallon's an interesting one. Right? He's so distinct, and, like, when he appears, it's like he has these weird, like, lapses in memory, and, like, he he says he, like, feels really tired, and I was thinking maybe, like, it's something to do with the fact that he's ancient, and maybe, like, the elves do actually get old, they just, it just takes a super long time. But then, I was thinking about the other ancients, and it's like, probably not, because the other ancients are fine. Yeah, I kind of want to know, like, what Fallon's deal is. There's something going on. He also helpfully, um, randomly in the middle of the thing, calls out Alina for interrupting Alvintel's wedding. (laughs) Which, like, power move. (laughs) Right? That's, like, the equivalent of, like... Okay, I I don't know what that's the equivalent of, but still, T. Okay, so here's a question. Did Alvar ever actually murder anyone? Ow. Because uh, Fitz is like, well, he's a murderer. I'm like, did he, did he, like, he was an accomplice in plenty of murders, but did he ever, like, directly murder someone? Did he ever directly murder someone? Um, I would guess not, because the elf thing. I'm not saying he's a good person, the bar isn't that low, but I can't seem to remember him committing any murders. Good for you, Alvar. Wow. I Alden. Alden. Wait, who are you talking about? Alden. Alvar. 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 Oh. Oh, oh the son. The son. Yes. The Their son, names are not so similar. Okay. I don't think Alden's committed any murders either, but like he's kinda shady. He has done torture. He has done torture, but yeah, not murder. Torture's bad. But it's also the less murders you commit, the better. Not committing murders is good. It's interesting how the elves, I guess, view torture as, like, an acceptable... Well, no, I mean, they don't, but, like, their guilt brains don't register torture as, like, a breaking-worthy thing. But then they register murder as one. Although, maybe that that's just all then, like, it could just be that, like, the never-seen do torture a lot, so they're they're fine with it. Maybe they'd be fine with murder. That would be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely some of the never seen, wow, why can't I words? Definitely some of the never seen have committed murder, but like, did all of them break because of it? I mean, probably not. I I don't know. Vesper claims she's not broken, but she is pretty messed up. She, her mentality is something special. That's a good point, because didn't we see with, um, Brant in, like, book three that, like, most elves, when they break, they go into, like, hibernation mode, but some elves get, like, Brant and just, like, become really violent and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely, um, something to think about. So then Dex comes in. He has created... Uh, the Warden, which is a tracker cuff that they put on all bar. Dex! Sorry, I'm being annoying. <laughs> but I just felt the need to celebrate Dex. Woohoo! Yes, Dex! You stand, Dex. He has appeared. Yeah, I was thinking, like, the tracker cuff is kind of sus. Like, they talked about how, um, if Alvar gets- if Alvar, like, tries to leave Everglen, it'll shock him with enough energy to knock him out for a few days 
which which is a lot of days. Yeah, that that's intense. Like Dex, Dex, buddy, you could have you could have just like had it have him be like out for an hour and send an alert to you or something. You didn't just have to need to have him like be knocked out for multiple days. I do see where he's coming from, and I think that um, coming from Dex, it's it's like in character because one, I feel like he is. Well, he and Sophie were the two people who were kidnapped by Alvar at the very beginning, of course. Sophie's definitely affected by it, but I would say Dex is is the one who, like, feels more consciously affected by it, where, I mean, he was the one who was, like, awake and tortured. And then as well with his background of, like, learning how to do special abilities, and um, I think that just in general he is more okay with violence and he's also more like he really wants to make sure that Alvar does not have any chance to like get away yeah yeah right that that does make sense then they kind of all leave yep and then Fitz is like I'm never going home again yeah so Fitz um Either he breaks his home crystal, or he just, like, takes it off. I think he just gives it, like, back to Alden and then storms away. Yeah. He doesn't break it. That would be dramatic even for him. That would be so dramatic. Like, imagine he just, like, smashes the crystal on the floor, and then just... Wait, what would happen if you smashed the leaping crystal? I don't know. I mean, the facets would be different. So, I assume it would turn into leaping crystals that go different places and actually that is a really really cool idea like like a a crystal that is cut to when you smash it break into specific i feel like they did this in the books i don't think they did that i can remember but anyway yeah like a crystal that smashes into specific pieces and then those specific pieces are like the secret ways to get to the never seen hideout or whatever that that is fits for you yeah, so Fitz is like, I'm never going to Everglen again. Bye. And then leaves. <laughs> Dramatically. Um, and then Sophie finds him with Grizel practicing throwing the goblin throwing stars. And he's, like, super good at it. Out of all of them, I'm, like, surprised that Fitz is so non-guiltified by the thought of, like, violence and stuff. It, like, it fits with his character. I get it. It fits with his character. It fits with his... Eh? No, God, sorry. Sorry, I, I hear a pun and I, like, legally have to make it. I have no other choice. Wait, wait, wait. What, what was the pun? You said it fits with his character. Oh! Ha! <laughs> 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 uh, I'm sorry. No, that's, what I was actually going to say is that... At the end of this book, um, <laughs> Fitz, Loki, like, thinks he murdered Alva, or not murdered, but sort of, like... Well, yeah, murdered. Sort of murdered, yeah, because he, like, left him in the tank of goo, and then, uh, he poured the stuff in, or he acts, or he accidentally made the thing start filling up, 
But then he realized that there was, like, a button that would drain it, and then he stopped pressing buttons. Yeah, that was... That was a good scene. That was intense. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, did he? Am I like seeing what I think I'm seeing? I will say flashback is on as a whole a lot more intense than the previous books. And I love it for that. It's yeah, it's got a lot of great moments. Yeah, flashback sure is a thing. And then Sophie tries to um do the throwing stars. Uh, in order to, so first she, like, is kind of not okay with it, but then she visualizes Vespera, and she's like, wow, I hate you so much, and then throws the star. Yeah, that was interesting. And, um, yeah. That was really interesting. She wonders for a moment if Project Moonlark made her a natural killer, and that's, like, the end of the chapter. And it's very dramatic. And then at the beginning of the next chapter, she's like, actually, no, it's fine. <laughs> Which actually, I, I, I did like. That, that is Sophie for you. That's like how Sophie rolls. I like that a lot because it's like character growth. <laughs> like, she kind of is not, even though she it still is in her mind sometimes, I guess. But like, I feel like in this book, she's not as hung up on the whole Project Moonlark thing. And like, I mean... Well, she is in some capacities with, like, how it relates to the plot. But, like, she doesn't have as much of that, you know, who am I supposed to be feeling. She's more okay with herself, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. Like, she's, like, sort of taking control of her own own self. She's sort of having a bit more agency over what she does. There are a couple shippy things. Um, The first one is that Grizel says that she loves Sander. I think they're sweet. Like, they have rights. They have rights. They are such a valid couple, and I love them. Yeah. Like, the chaotic goblin bodyguards who are also dating each other. Good. Good ship. Good ship. And then the other, um, the other shippy thing is that they were flea- uh, they were fleezing. They were, uh, they were teasing Flynn a little bit, where Sophie was, Fitz said, maybe I'll move in with Tyrion, and Sophie was like, oh, but I'd be jealous, because Fitz gets all wowed when Lynn does things, and it's like, <laughs> rip. Um, all the people but it's assume okay. that Lynn is into guys, I'm just right? gonna like, say it. <laughs> I remember, like, a while back, like, Never Seen era, where I was, like, really into, um, debts, and... I just, I think it's great how we have evolved since then into just the the pantheon of, like, gay ships in Coddle has just expanded, and now it's, like, all of them. I just, I'm, why not just ship everything? Oh, okay, also, random other thing, it's low-key implied that there was, like, some ancient scandal where, like, where, like, Fallon and Lucia's mom had an affair or something. I don't know what was going on there. But I'm like, why is this, like, why did that just randomly come up? Maybe just, like, as another example of how the, like, the Vacker legacy is not as pristine as it seems. And, like, we have scandals. I also, there was kind of a, there was a moment that I really liked where, um, someone, it was Grizel maybe, like, 
made a comment about like tying Alvar up and like leaving him and Sophie like legitimately like in in the in the text it legitimately says like Grizzle's words triggered a flashback and then like there's a paragraph like where Sophie's like Sophie remembered the being tied up in the never seen hideout in book one I mean I, I don't think they say book one but in book one <laughs> um I, I really liked that moment and it was interesting how Fitz um I feel like I'm not sure if this was intentional but I do feel like it points to a sort of um one of the reasons why Sophie and Fitz weren't compatible you know I love Sophitz, but I do, um, the thing that did drive them apart a lot in flashback was, like, Fitz's anger and kind of his single-mindedness, and here, like, Fitz explicitly says, like, I know what you were thinking about, and then he immediately says, see, Alvar is evil, like, we shouldn't be forgiving him, and it's like, okay, all right. Yeah, that is not a thing to do when someone's, like, straight up having, like, a traumatic flashback in front of you. Be like, that proves my point! Yeah, and it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, that bad in, in text, but it was just interesting to see how, like, the way Fitz reacted is very flashback Fitz, and it's also very not what Sophie needs in flashback. Yeah. Flashback fits was something special. Something special. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, do you want to talk about the Never Seen? Okay, hi Never Seen, you're here. You're ready to murder some folks. Woohoo, murder, we love to see it. We love to see it. They do not murder anyone in this part. Don't, don't murder. Don't murder people. Sophie? Oh Sophie's yeah, really PSA, like... don't commit murder. Sophie's really snarky in this. And honestly, what a queen. <laughs> I'm here for it. She's just insulting Gethin, like, over and over. Yeah, she's just, like, straight up roasting him. I'm like, go off, Sophie. Oh, yeah, by the way, in case we didn't make this clear, they got kidnapped by the Never Seen. Yeah, or not, like, kidnapped, sort of in the same place, snapped. What? Really? <laughs> They didn't get taken anywhere else. Wait, really? I thought that they were just... Wait, no, what? I thought they got, like, taken to a nightfall place. No, a never-seen place. I All the words sound the same. No, they're in the same place. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's not really right, kidnapping. Then. That's just more of a straight-up attack. It's like kid... Yeah, kid, kid attacking. Yeah. <laughs> so Sophie tries to inflict, but the never-seen have these, like thinking cap type things that block the inflicting so it only affects her friends well at the time that's just sander grizzle and fitz i think who are there that was the beginning of something that i think they continued uh for well i mean it's only been two books since then but like for a, a while um and then sophie they like unlocked another power or whatever to like so that she could direct her inflicting. That was a nice storyline. And then, yeah, like, she and Gethin are talking about Alvar and, like, Lady Gisela and some things, and I'm not 100% sure what they were talking about. Yeah, there's... 
There's plot going on here. There's a lot going on here. She calls Dex with the panic switch. Yeah, it takes her, like, three tries for him to get there. Yeah. I mean, assumedly he was going to collect Wily. Yeah. But then Wily's there. Wily's there. Wily is- Wily's sure a person that exists. I feel like Wily didn't really get much page time up until, like, flashback, and they started, like, having him be more of a character, which was cool. I really like the parts with Wily because I feel like- and maybe this is just a thing with the more recent characters, um, because I also feel this with Morella, but, um, I feel like they both have these more distinct vibes, and they feel like really- rich characters if that makes sense yeah yeah i'm not sure but yeah i agree wiley is i mean the thing the thing i like about wiley is that he is definitely older than the rest of the cast he's like what a few years like four years older or something like that and it shows in the writing which i appreciate yeah he's like yeah he's definitely written kind of more like an adult but not, like, as much of an adult as the adults are, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's written, like, a teenager who's just more sure of himself. Yeah. He's, like, a tired college kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wiley is a college kid. I mean, he's college age, so yeah. Yeah, isn't- aren't the elite levels just kind of college? Like, elf college? I think- yeah, I think they are college. Um, yeah, and then, like, in this scene, um- Umber, this is the first time we see Shadow Flux, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that is something that comes back a lot later. That was great. Like, um, this was, like, legitimately a really scary moment, and... I know, I was, like, worried that people were gonna die. Right? And especially for the beginning of the book, this is chapter 5 or chapter 6, it's so intense. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, me too. And then, yeah, like, Wiley uses flashing to get them out of there, and that's the end of the section. Yeah, is there anything else that you were thinking, or anything like that? Not, not especially. They really just jumped right into it, though. Yeah, right? It's, it's interesting, because, um, I usually think of flashback as, like, the book with the really long healing center part. Yeah, but something had to have gotten them in there, and it was this. Yeah. And I think of it as going really slowly, but then I read this part, and it's like, the beginning started off so quick and and so intense. Uh, it was, it was really, it was a very strong beginning. Yeah, no, I agree. You can find us at KeeperCast on Tumblr and the KeeperCast on Instagram, and you can find me at aelin ashriver galathinius on Tumblr. Uh, you can find me at sewer 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 couch on Tumblr and Clawney underscore clue on Instagram. This has been KeeperCast. See you next week.